Welcome to Wrestling with God Show, the podcast where we grapple with big questions about faith, religion, and life. I'm Irish McMahon, and I'm here with our faithful guide on the path to happy, healthy, and holy lives, my friend and Irish Catholic priest, Father Len McMillan. Irish, how are you doing? I'm doing good. So we we decided to talk about a tradition that we have here in the Catholic Church this time of year. It's something we call Lent, and it's something we do for 40 days each year, and it, it's all done in hopes of improving our lives and all of our relationships in life. And you don't have to be a Catholic or even religious to benefit from our practice of Lent. So, Father Len, what is Lent, and how can our listeners benefit from it? Okay, I think everyone, Catholic or non-Catholic, can always benefit from a Lenten experience, but I want to start kind of a backwards way. There is this book that I really fell in love with called I'll push you. And it was written by these two guys from Idaho. And What's it called again? I'll push you. I'll push you. Okay. And they're from like Weezer or Payette. I kind of forget, but they're best friends. They were actually born in the same hospital at the same, you know, similar time. And from grade school, they're best friends and they get married, have their life. And one of them comes down, I think with ALS and that's so, not good. No. So they're married. They have this great friendship. One comes down with ALS and he's watching TV. And I think it's a, one of those PBS programs of like uh, Steve, somebody sees the world and He's in Spain and he's doing this whole segment on the Camino of walking the Camino and he's in a wheelchair with ALS and he sees it and says, I want to do that. And his best friend says, I'll push you. Well, it turns out to be a very trying thing to push a guy 500 miles in a wheelchair so what what is the Camino? So that people know, Pier- I'm not familiar. The Camino with it. is this ancient pilgrimage in Spain, and it's the way of Saint James. And it's 500 and, miles. Well, I think it's 500 miles. I'm going to say say it is, but you know, that would be a long push. That's a long wheelchair. push. Yeah, but it's just this amazing story, and the amazing part is how they're already best friends, but doing the Camino together. It changed them and made them even better people, made them better husbands, better friends, better fathers. And there's one part where in Spain, there's this long road that he's just pushing his friend in this wheelchair. And one of them starts to look back at his life and he's a workaholic. And all of a sudden he could see all these images, like little TV screens of times that he's ignored his wife and his children and all these are starting to play back as he's on this long quiet push in this one section of spain so when they get to town he calls his wife and apologizes and it's this great story about how they do this camino at the end of the camino through this difficulty they end up being even closer friends and better husbands and better fathers so it's it's just this great story of taking a journey. And in one sense, Lent is a Camino. It's taking a journey. Christ goes into the desert for 40 days to face Satan. And 
I like because in the Bible it says the Holy Spirit drove him into the desert. In two of the Gospels, it's written in the present tense. So it's not that Jesus did this. Jesus is doing this now. And the early church realized, oh, that's what we must do. To spend 40 days making this journey where we face our weaknesses. And so the early church, they're known to kind of retrace the steps of Jesus. There's this ancient document from Egeria where they retrace the whole step during Lent. And there's this history in the Catholic Church of taking a journey during Lent. So Lent is like a is Camino, where at the end, you're supposed to be this changed person. Even like the Celtic tradition, since you're Irish, they would always take, not always, but typically take a journey during Lent. There's a famous story of St. Brendan, who would get in a boat, and you would take a journey because the journey changes you. And you'd pray before taking the journey that you would find God in each lying down and rising up. And then when you came home, you would be able to see God and other people differently. So like St. Brendan, that's a famous one where him and the monks get in this boat and they actually, uh, historically, they're pretty sure they made it to Canada, the new world. So that's about 50 years after the death of St. Patrick. And the idea was that uh, they actually stayed 40 days. And then this angel told St. Brendan to return home. So they go back to Ireland. And by the ninth century, this is a very famous tale. It is like the famous biggest page turner in the Middle Ages. So the idea was, uh, no, every Lent you take this journey and at the end of the journey, at the end of Lent, you're changed. And the idea is that we're taking this journey from exile to home. All humanity, in a, in a way, is in this exile. All of us must make this journey home. And to get home, you have to make sacrifices. So there's this exile theology that we should feel like we're not completely at home in the, our present way of life. And even St. Paul talks about that, this reference to exile in one of his letters where he says to the Gentiles, he greets them as the church in Babylon sends their greeting. Well, that's weird. Babylon hasn't existed in hundreds of years. And what St. Paul is trying to do is awaken a sense in them that they're not supposed to be fully at home in the world. Like, I love Idaho, but... I feel that there always must be something more. And so Lent is supposed to be this waking up, this feeling that I shouldn't be completely at home, that there has to be more faith, a deeper love, a deeper conversion that's waiting. And that's what I'm trying to move into. And so during Lent, we're trying to move into this deeper conversion. We're supposed to leave something behind so that we can become who we're called to be. So, there is kind of this death process. We die to who we were to make room for this new life. So think of that, the two friends. After the Camino, this great story, they're not just better friends, but they're better husbands and better fathers. So they did leave something behind, and that's their whole story. Is the whole idea then, Father Len, it's almost like you, you kind of have to leave home either physically or 
mentally or whatever for some period of time, an experience like Jesus going into the desert, being kind of isolated. Uh, you have to get away from life as it is so you can kind of reflect on it. Is that the idea? And right. maybe, and, and you the, do- the Irish used to say, find your place of resurrection. For you to leave home, like the book of Lismore, so I'm kind of a nerd, the book of Lismore, Lismore said you should always take a journey in life. Because when you come home, you'll be different and better. And if you can't take a journey, you can take a journey in your heart, which is what we're really doing in Lent. That, you know, to go away, you come back and you see the world and other people better and, and what you're meant to be. So I, like, I have a problem with priests who say, yeah, for Lent, you don't have to leave anything behind during Lent. You know, don't, God just wants you to be happy. Well, priests who say that, they don't believe in the cross. Any priest that says that, I think they're a coward because you need to confront the ways that, you know, I need a deeper conversion. And so, yeah, I have to leave myself behind. I have to become better and better and better, which means I have to change. Well, it's like Uh, the two guys going on the Camino. I mean, to push a wheelchair for 500 miles in a place that you're far from home you're really isolated. It really does kind of force you to think different ways and different things. I mean, you can't help but do it. And there's huge sacrifice. I can't even imagine pushing a wheelchair 500 miles with a, with a man in it, especially if it's not on the level. You well, know, if you're going up and down hills. There's one part that I love where they're pushing and they have to get up a hill that's muddy and there's no way they can do it. And the amazing part is all these people show up to help carry the wheelchair up the mountain. And one of them, just reading the book, his name was Richard Parson, and his parents are friends of mine. I'm like, holy cow, He another Idaho person just showed up, and uh, he starts to say, hey, come on, come over here, we need help. And there was a sense of community. So along the Camino, you don't go alone. There's a community that's encouraging you along the way along this ancient pilgrimage. And I like that. So I like the fact the two friends didn't do it alone. They developed this community. And I like the fact that, you know, all Catholics are doing this. So back to sacrifices. Lent is about this time of giving something up. And it's not that we're Puritans. We're not Puritans at all. We enjoy the things of the earth and are meant to enjoy it. But when I give things up like anger and anxiety and selfishness, I grow in gratitude and compassion. When I give up my weaknesses and my addictions, then I grow in holiness and love. And so, yeah, it's a time to give things up. Or, this sounds kind of strange, in junior high, I became smitten with the tales of the Holy Grail. You know, this medieval idea of finding the Holy Grail. You You become smitten by some pretty wild stuff. I know, I'm weird. (laughs) Go ahead. You know, there's this modern myth, and the modern myth is follow your bliss. Yeah. In the sense that just do whatever makes you happy and avoid whatever makes you uncomfortable. If following only what makes you happy, if you follow that myth, then we'd have more wise and happy people if it was true, but we don't. This myth of only do what makes you happy, it really leads to self-destruction. Even the ancient Greek philosophers knew it. Modern positive psychologists have found, you know, 
if you want to get to happy, you can't get to happiness through just being comfortable or seeking happiness. So to get to happiness, it's a journey. So the quest of the Holy Grail is the opposite of this modern myth of just be happy. And the Holy Grail is the cup that Jesus used at the Last Supper. And it's a cup that captured his blood on the cross. But beyond the historical item, what it symbolizes is transformation. It's this Phoenix myth that finding the Holy Grail means we've discovered who we are meant to be in Christ. So the two friends who take the Camino, what they discover is what it means to be friends and fathers, even better and better and better. That's what it means to find the Holy Grail. But what I love is each night of the round table goes off to find the chalice, the Holy Grail. But each of them has to enter the forest where it's darkest to him. Precisely, each one has to enter and face your greatest weakness. Like for years, my greatest weakness has been my anger. And so every Lent, I'd work on it. Like you wouldn't have that problem because you're lovable. <laughs> this year... You don't spend I, that much time with me, Father Len. You don't know I that do for sure. I not listen to what your wife says. She's <laughs> crazy. But like this year, like I, I really, I, this sounds... I have conquered a lot of my anger. And so the darkest part of the forest that I have to enter to find the Holy Grail this year is my anxiety. Where, you know, I become overcome with anxiety and I get defensive. I like that idea that you have to enter the forest where it's darkest for you. Uh, it's the darkest part of you that you need to enter to find enlightenment. And so each portal each person's portal is different, except that's where you have to start. So the quest for the Holy Grail is really a type of Linton Camino. To discover the divine, you have to face your darkest part. Like the time period where he was pushing his friend and he realized, he started to remember all the times he simply ignored his children because he was thinking about work or ignored his wife. You discover that divine when you have to face your darkest part. So the modern myth that the modern myth is that you run away from anything that makes you uncomfortable, but that means you'll really never find the Holy grail of who you're meant to become. So that's why I think not just Catholics, but everybody should take kind of this Lenten experience once a year in their life of going through transformation. And yeah, it has this theme of dying but I want to die to my old self. I want to die so I can become a better and better person. And this sounds even kind of strange. I've discovered you, you also want, and this is going to sound strange, you want a death of faith. And I know that sounds strange, but give you this little parable. There's this parable about this pastor who discovered that he has this terrible gift from God that every time he prays for somebody, He'll pray for somebody and they'll lose their faith. Uh, <laughs> what? So, yeah. He, somebody would ask him to pray for him. The parable goes. And every time he did, they'd come back and say that they lost their faith. Parables are kind of anti-wisdom. Myths are the opposite of parables. Myths explain the world. Parables turn the worlds upside down. And so Lent is a time to die to faith. And what I meant 
the parable about every time he prayed for somebody, they'd lose their faith. In the parable, they'd lose their faith, but what they'd discover is true faith. They would die to the childhood-like faith that they had before. So a more real faith is born. So the parable is that, wow, maybe it is a terrible gift that when you pray for people, they lose their superficial faith and discover what real religion is about. So a Camino is a death to a type of faith where you leave the familiar behind. And when you return, you return back, but you see the world and faith and everything differently. I always think it's kind of sad when talk to people who have the same faith that they did as a child. And I always meet them when I say, oh, I know, I know religion. I made my first communion. My God, you're eight years old. You still have the mentality and depth of an eighth grader where everything is seen in black and white. That really lacks self-examination. It's somebody who hasn't grown up since high school. Well, really, you know, what you're, what you're saying about Lent is it really is this practice of self-examination. I love the image of going into the dark forest, of looking at yourself and what, uh, what are your flaws? What, you know, what could you do better? That's something that everybody could do and should do all the time. And to spend the 40 days that we spend examining that that's just that's a wonderful practice it really is you know and it goes beyond i mean i was thinking about this the other day when i talked to people about lent the first thing they say is what they're giving up you know i'm giving up my glass of wine at night or i'm giving up my chocolates or something like that and i guess you know you could take that to the the place of that's going to give me more discipline in my life or whatever but it it doesn't have the depth, I think, that you're really talking about of self-examination. No, I mean, exactly. Like uh, you could, you know, people make, I, I think it's sad when you take Lent superficially where, yeah, you go through the motions, but you're no different than you were before. Yep. And even the Irish is going back to the book of Lismore. You can take a journey without ever leaving home. Uh, that's one of them. But it's a curse. And they'd say a curse to remain the same. And so, yeah, you went through all the gestures of Lent and saying, well, I didn't, I gave up chocolate or I gave up, you know, something, you know, meaningless, but you're the same person you were at the beginning of Lent. You know, the, the two friends who pushed, by the end of it, they're far more compassionate and present. That, you know, that's the change we want. If you're going to give up something, it better be so you can become a deeper, deeper person. So I'd say not just Catholics need to take Lent serious. I'd say it's in every great spiritual tradition. But there is this Lenten idea. Even like, I, this sounds, I love this. At St. Ignatius, our Catholic school, at the beginning of Lent, we gave all the students a psychological test on empathy to rate their empathy. And by the end of the school year, Lent, we're going to give it again. And we're pushing. Know that you want to build up this muscle of compassion. You're not going to be the same person you were at the end of the year. You want to be more compassionate and more loving. And yeah, we're going to push you on that. So I think I like every it. great spirit tradition has some sort of Lenten thing. Yet 
you take the journey, you enter the forest, you find the Holy Grail. Why play games? In life, you only get one crack at life. <laughs> Why not become the best possible version? Why Love go for comfortable? Yep, I love it. Well, Father Lynn, I appreciate that. I think uh, I hope our listeners do, and we welcome your comments and questions. And it's easy to get those to us. You just head over to our website. It's wwgshow.com. That's wwgshow.com, and you'll see a little questions button. It's in blue there. And if you're enjoying the Wrestling with God show, please share your favorite episodes with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review our podcast at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help people discover us, and we really want to thank you. A lot of people have been doing that. Uh, we've been on the air for uh, we, our podcast has been around for a year, and we've got uh, listeners in forty-eight states, and wow. I think we've had more than twenty-two thousand downloads of the podcast. Pretty amazing for our little podcast coming from Boise, Idaho. Here, so we hope you'll join us next time as we continue our journey climbing the mountain of life, searching for truth, meaning, and purpose in our lives. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Mm-hmm.